welcome back to another episode of Drew and Co. Unblown. This week, Zach and I dive deep, deep into the college football realm. We talk about all the teams. We talk about rankings. The rankings actually came out live during the episode, which we talked about. Obviously not live to you now. And we also talked about the Michigan scandal. I'm looking forward to all the feedback that we get. And again, thank you for listening. Hello, Zach. Hello again. I don't know why this thing takes so long. I, I send it to you. I feel like it takes like longer and longer every single time we do this. I know. I, I'll sit here and do it and then refresh and then do it and refresh and I'd like a hundred times until it finally works. Uh, yeah, so um, minor little hiccup in the beginning there, but let's move past that. Uh, okay. Let's jump right into another solid week of college football, week nine. Um, what's kind of your – what's your overall takeaway from week nine? Wide uh, lens. Say that again? Uh, from a wide spectrum, right, not like honing in on specifics. Uh, what's your overall takeaway from week nine of the college football scene? Um, definitely crazy. Um, I, I, the Oklahoma loss, um, was a a big shakeup in things for sure. Um, Washington almost losing again, um, was another almost potentially, you know, playoff changing, um, game, but they ended up pulling it out. Um, Georgia still surviving. Um, let's see. Gosh, I'm trying. My, I'm sorry. My computer is being slow, slow, slow. I was trying to look at the games. No, you're um, good. Yeah, Clemson. I I have several thoughts about them. Uh, Clemson losing again. I mean, it was just another wild week. I don't know. What 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 was your takes on it? So I had. I'm not gonna lie. I had a little bit of an eerie feeling about the Oklahoma game when Kansas opened that up with a pick six, I thought, Oh my Oklahoma's in trouble. And I actually had to leave during the game because we went and did a good old dog event for our pups our three pups, uh, little costume contest, that kind of thing. They had a bunch of little pop-up tents there with treats and, uh, adopt adopting pets and stuff like that of course Aiden wanted uh, another dog and uh, obviously that didn't happen mm-hmm. um, but I looked at the score and it was, I think at the time it was 14 to 7 Candace was ahead and it said delayed TBD so I don't know why it got delayed I don't know if it was like a lightning it, it was yeah there was a there was lightning in the area yeah so I actually went and did that whole event came home and I caught the entire fourth quarter. Oh, wow. And just looking at that game and it, I felt, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. And in my opinion, most college football fans or football fans in general 
unless it's your team, you always want to see the upset. Always. Oh, yeah. Like, there's those people who are like, oh, I hope so-and-so doesn't lose until we play them. And I'm like, I don't give a shit if they lose every game. All that matters is we win every game. Right. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's always like an – it's just like an insurance policy sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like, you know, for me, just in my, from my perspective, like, as long as the Buckeyes keep winning, then, you know, it doesn't really matter. But it's almost like you still want to see as many teams as possible take that loss just as that insurance policy for in case we lose that, you know, there's not like a bunch of undefeated teams ahead of us or something, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like just as, just in case that we, we drop a game, you know, you want as many teams to have have an L as well as possible just to uh, to help out your cause a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's totally normal. Well, that and I just love seeing – top-ranked teams that aren't Ohio State lose. Like, I genuinely, every single week, I root for Georgia to lose, Michigan to lose, Alabama to lose, Oklahoma, Texas, Oregon, Washington. I root for every single (laughs) every single week. And I honestly thought in that Oklahoma game, watching um, the second to the last drive, I literally thought, for a split second, I'm like, dude, this Kansas quarterback must have some money on Oklahoma winning this game because he tried for three straight passes to throw it to Oklahoma, and the third one was finally (laughs) successful. I mean, literally, he threw it off of the guy's chest, like straight to him, miss it. The other one hits the guy in the head, and he misses it, and then finally they pick it, and I literally thought, oh, my gosh, like (laughs) there's no way. And sure enough, they kicked that field goal and they missed it, actually. They missed the field goal. And that allowed Kansas to go right down the field. And, I mean, they just drove it right down the field with ease and scored. And, of course, the commentators like, oh, no, Kansas scored too soon. Like, I don't believe in that BS. If you can score a touchdown – and take a lead to where you force the other team to need to score a touchdown, you should always do it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of remember the, I, I kind of remember like playing NCA, you know, back in the day, like on, or, or Madden or something. And, and always thinking about that, right? Like you kind of just want to go down on the one yard line and run the clock out as much as possible. But, you know, realistically, like, like you said, man, you got to get that. You just got to get that touchdown and then hope that you can. Well, And it it made sense because at the the score at the time was 33 to 32. So if they kick a field goal, they're only up by two. So that means Oklahoma only has to get field goal range and they can win the game versus they get the touchdown. Now, yes, they only won by five because they didn't get the two point conversion, but still. Um, So it was awesome. It was, it was funny watching them carry the goalposts out of the stands and throw it in the the pond. I don't get why people throw it in water, but (laughs) I've honestly I've never understood taking the goalposts either. No, no, I've, I don't get that. I, I don't know if it there's seems like, like it should be. It seems like it should be criminal to me, right? Like you know, destruction of property. Uh, you know, I'm sure those things aren't cheap. You know, like I, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, what's wild is that the NCAA will find the school for it, even though it's yeah. the school that got damaged, not the NCAA. That's like right. when. When teams storm the field, a lot of times they'll get fined 
Yeah, yeah. And it's like, for what? Like, <laughs> it yeah, never makes right. sense to me. Um, but, you know, for Kansas, that's going to be awesome. It's the first time they beat Oklahoma since 1997. Oh, wow. So I would be storming the field, too. I wouldn't care if we were one and seven. We're storming the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Penn State barely escaped Indiana. Yep. I, I mean, skin of their teeth barely escaped on a long touchdown uh, that ended up sealing the game for them. And, you know, they – I feel like a lot of years when they play either Ohio State or Michigan, typically they play us first. Um, when they take that loss every year, um, they always – are really close or actually drop the next game. And I don't know if it's just that, like, hangover of being in a tight tight game or what. But they – I mean, they looked like hot dog water. Huh. Um, what other games did you watch? Um, Not many, to be honest. I mean, this week's games, they, they, they were pretty – Pretty lackluster. I, I mean, nothing, nothing too exciting. Plus, we had to get ready and leave fairly earlier because early because we had trick or treat that evening uh, on Saturday evening. So, um, I, I did watch most of the Georgia Florida game. Um, trying to think, a um, little bit of Oregon Utah, but it was an absolute blowout. So I kind of turned it off. Um, obviously, we we kind of we made it home in time thankfully to watch the Buckeyes. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I, I didn't really watch a whole lot um, for sure. Like I said, just wasn't really a super interesting flight of games this past weekend. Um, not, not very many good matchups that Oregon Utah was the, you know, the only top, I guess, top 15 matchup. And um, you know, it was a blowout. So it, it wasn't even that good. Um, you know, so yeah, not a, not a great week of games really, to be honest. And it makes US, me wonder if USC almost lost again. <laughs> oh, I could. I was so mad I couldn't watch it because it was on the Pac-12 network, and I only pay for the Big Ten network. Yeah, gotcha. Um, I don't know if Utah just played horrible. I didn't really watch a lot of the game, or if Oregon's just playing that good. Because it seems like every week since that loss to Washington. They've been playing really good football, and it seems like every week since Washington beat Oregon, they've been playing really crappy football. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I really think – I know, you know, Washington squeaked it out and, and beat them, but I really – I just feel like Oregon's the better team. I really do. I mean, I know, you know, I know they got the head-to-head over them, but, you know, if they come back and have to play each other in the Pac-12 championship – I, I I think Oregon can be I, – I mean, I, I could see Oregon beating them and, you know, grabbing that – maybe that last playoff spot or something. But I really just I, – I felt like going into that game that they were the better team. And I in the past couple of weeks, they've looked like the better team too. Because like you said, Washington has, you know, almost got beat two weeks in a row. And Oregon has completely trounced whoever they've played the past two weeks in a row. I know this week was Utah. I can't remember they played last week. But, yeah, I, I think in the end, I think Oregon's going to be the better team. I really do. 
And well, I mean, and we talked when we talked about Oregon and Washington playing. I had asked you because I didn't have it pulled up where they were playing. I said that gives Washington the edge because they're playing at Washington. That's why I took Washington. But in reality, Oregon had every chance to win that game. They just missed the game-winning field goal. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were in a position where Washington actually took it away from them. Like they put themselves in a position to win the game and it should have been a makeable field goal. It was like 43 yards and I feel like – but that's another thing. It is insane to see the skill difference between college kickers and punters and NFL kickers and punters. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's a very different, yeah. it is massive. I feel like right now, almost every kicker in the NFL is kicking 55 plus. Yeah. Like on a regular basis. And I don't know, not to get super NFL talk, but I don't know if I've ever seen that many 50 plus yard kicks in a season like I have this year um, in the NFL. And it seems like in college, it just seems like the kicking is not good. I feel like every team I see, they are struggling with field goal kicking or their their distance is like, oh, hey, we're not taking uh, 43. I mean, hell, we didn't even take a 43-yarder. And it just seems like a lot of teams are now, it's like these new analytics that have came out um, regarding the fourth down situation and all the statistics say that you should take the – you should go for it. And it seems like a lot of coaches are actually following that. So I've seen that a lot. I mean, I've seen it even in like Nick Saban going for uh, a fourth and three, fourth and four, then passing up a 40-yard field goal. Yeah. And so I just – I find that really interesting. Um, Air Force stays undefeated. So shout out to the old Air Force. Uh, how about – Duke, ever since they took the loss to Florida State, they've lost every week since. Yeah, 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 they're struggling. I mean, I, I really thought they were going to beat uh, whoever it was. Who did they play last week? Last week they played uh, Florida Louisville. State, right? Or, or this past I, I mean, week they played Louisville. Uh, the week before they played – let me pull it up right here. Florida State, right? No, they played uh, Notre Dame. On no, that was September thirtieth. Uh, yeah, they played Florida State last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I really thought they were gonna win that Florida State game. That was the that was the one. And then yeah, they got shut out by Louisville. And um, I don't know if Riley. I know Riley Leonard had been hurt. Um, you know he started off the year pretty good. Um, he only threw for a hundred and a buck twenty, and uh, had one eye. Man, that's that's pretty sad for a guy that they're saying could be a first round talent so yeah the dookies are the dookies are are dead well speaking they're a basketball school as uh as uh mcafee would say (laughs) yeah yeah um i know we're not at this point yet but i do want to bring this up i'm sure you already know but breaking news for those who don't mayan williams is done for the season yeah he's having season-ending surgery which is wild because they didn't I mean they've kept it under wraps nobody really had any idea um what happened and that's kind of like we didn't find out until last week what happened to Trey or not Trevion um we still don't know what's going on with him um 
when we lost, when we played uh, Frig. No, when I, we were playing at Purdue and we lost um, Chip Training. Chip, yeah. And yeah. he, or no, actually, it was the Maryland. Was it Maryland week? Maryland week, because mine basically took over the whole game and played running back, and we uh, Chip went out randomly after playing the entire first series, and he was actually hurt, and but they didn't say that, and we didn't find that out until last week that he was actually hurt, and that's why he wasn't getting X, Y, and Z playing time. That's why you didn't see him again in the game, because um, you and I had talked about that. Like I don't know what happened there. He was in that first series, and then just we didn't see him again. Yeah, I mean, with, with Ryan Day is really, really, really. Um, that, that's kind of like his one thing. He he doesn't talk about injuries. Like he he keeps they keep everything really close to the chest when it comes to injuries and the specifics of those. Um, with even you know, I, hell, I thought Urban um, didn't share too much, but compared to Ryan Day, Urban was you know pretty uh, pretty forthright with everything. Ur- Ryan Day just his <coughs> policy. They just don't talk about injuries, and so. Um, yeah, it's hard to know sometimes the extent of some of these guys' injuries. You know, things that you think might not be real serious turn into season enders, and then you know things that look serious. You know, the guys back the next week and stuff. So it's it's kind of a guessing game, you know, under Ryan Day. Um, but yeah, it does look like Williams is, and that doesn't look like it. He's definitely out for the year. So <laughs> going to be on Trey and and Chip and um, you know maybe Dallin to uh, to carry the load. Um, you know, I do know they're trying to save Dallin's um, red shirt if possible. You know, I think he's only played in that one game so far. So he he can still play in three more games and, and uh, maintain that red shirt year. Um, but I mean, we saw on Saturday, though, Trey Henderson made all the difference. And, and you know, when we sit here and say, you know, all oh, the offense hasn't looked great. And, you know, we kind of throw out well, but we don't have Trey Henderson. We don't have um Emeka, we don't have this you know and people are like ah but that doesn't make a difference um yes it does and 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 that was very very plain as day clear as day on saturday trey henderson made a massive massive difference um in our offense and you know if, if people can't see that I, I don't know what to tell them because I, I really think you know while the passing game struggled i think you know the same is going to be for Emeka. i think when he gets back in there um, it, it's going to open up things for Marv a little bit, open up things for Stover. And, you know, with a with a, a healthy Trey and a healthy Emeka, I, I think this offense will definitely get back to, uh, you know, to Buckeye's expectations. Oh, absolutely. And before we get too into the Buckeyes, let's talk about how things have come full circle from our very first recording that we did together when we talked about Clemson, they opened up with that loss to Duke. Or was it Duke yeah. at the beginning of the season? That's who beat them, yeah. Um, yep. They got throttled by Duke, and we said, man, we could really easily see this team being, you know, a 500 team or maybe even worse. And here we are at week nine, going into week 10. Uh, they're four and four. Yeah. Yeah, they're four and four, and they play <clears throat> Notre Dame this week. <laughs> you know, so if if we're losing games to uh, you know whoever it is they've they've lost to uh, what was it like Georgia 
Tech, or no, that was North Carolina. I remember the, they've lost a couple. Really I've got it right here. So they really they got beat twenty eight to seven by Duke. They got beat by Florida State thirty one to twenty four, which is actually not a bad loss. Yeah, they played um, decent that game. They let Miami, Florida, beat them twenty eight to twenty, and then they lost to NC State. Yeah, that was the one. <laughs> this past Saturday to uh, 24 to 17. And I don't know how much um, – I know you follow college football pretty pretty heavy, specifically Ohio State, but Davo Sweeney was on a radio show and somebody called into it and asked him if he thought he should be able to keep his job with a four and four record. <laughs> Man, the nuts on some people to add, to call in and ask your coach that. That's crazy. Well, I mean, he is making millions of dollars. And in all honesty, it's obviously not – he's not the sole reason why they're losing. Obviously, they have a talent issue. But the problem is, is he is – so he wants to be anti-NIL. He's made that clear a couple of years ago when they talked about doing NIL and the transfer portal when it started becoming a thing. And he was just anti, anti. And he's, I mean, I'll give it to you. If you're willing to die on the hill, he's doing it because yeah, he won't, he won't do any of the NIL stuff. And no one's going there. I just saw today a five-star, I think he's number three defensive end in the country. Uh, just committed to Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I mean, Oregon's, you know, they got some pretty deep pockets when it comes to NIL, so. You, well, you yeah, know. they got Nike USA there. <laughs> exactly. So you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, Dabo's just not, he's not willing to adapt. And, you know, I, I think we saw, um, you know, when the NIL stuff first started, like last year, and High State was really struggling with their, NIL that was a really big talking point kind of at the beginning of last year you know we just you would think Ohio State having such an amazing um, you know alumni base and fan base around the world that we would be you know one of the top three or five in NIL in the country and um, we just weren't there we were really kind of falling behind you know we were very slow to uh, to kind of embrace it as well and then you've seen you know fast forward to this year and they've really 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 picked up some steam when it comes to that and um, you know, we were losing some big recruits because of that. And, you know, now we've seen that we've, once we've picked it up, we're starting to gain some big recruits back. So NIL is everything these days. And so is the transfer portal. And if you don't embrace those and just take it for what it is, I mean, you're, you're going to get left behind. And I think, like you said, that's, that's what we're seeing with Dabo. So, I mean, I I think if you're the higher ups at at Clemson, you know, you're going to tell him, man, you better ship up or, you know, shape up or ship out because, you know, right. we're, we're about to enter a losing season here probably after this weekend. Um, so, yeah, I, I would expect to see probably some mass transfers coming out of Clemson, um, you know, this offseason, uh, which is great for the Buckeyes because we lose a lot of recruits to them. So, you know, we might be able to steal a few of their guys, and um, I'm, I'm here for it. I mean, if you look at their – so for them to be bowl eligible, they need to win two more games. I'm chalking next week Notre Dame up as a loss for yep. them. 
So their last three games are Georgia Tech, UNC, and South Carolina. And to be honest, I imagine they'll beat Georgia Tech. UNC is kind of the one that's really up in the air. Because South Carolina, that's a rivalry game, and it doesn't matter how good or bad South Carolina is. They always give Clemson fits. So there's possibility that they may not even be bowl eligible at the end of the year. And speaking of bowl eligibility, because I absolutely love this, the old Colorado Buffaloes. God, can we please stop talking about them? <laughs> Dropped another game again. I do feel bad for that quarterback. That dude has got zero time to throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at their remaining four games, they've got Oregon State, which I'm pretty sure it's at Oregon State, so probably a fat L. Uh, yeah. Arizona, Washington State, and Utah. They have I mean, to win two of the next four. They could easily lose all four of those games. I mean, that's a tough – they have a – that I'll give it to them. Like, that, that is one thing. You know, we, we've talked about or, about Colorado probably way too much this year. But um, that is a damn tough schedule. It really is. That Pac-12, I mean, you know, for the past several years, I, I think we've everybody's gave the Pac-12 a lot of, a lot of flack. But, man, this – like I said, I've talked about it before. It's kind of sad because the Pac-12 is actually a very, very fun – strong conference this year and um you know they're they're having a good farewell party but i'll give it to colorado their schedule was very very tough and so yeah i mean i could easily easily see them losing all of their remaining games you know they might pull out one or two but um i i find i feel like you know uh, for the ratings i'm gonna guess that people probably want colorado to be bowl eligible just because, you know, whatever bowl prime time's at, it's probably going to bring the ratings. So I'm sure the powers that be are, are praying that they make a bowl game, but I am not. So let me ask you this, dude, because when the season started, right, the everybody, most non delusional people, were saying, hey, you know, it's awesome, you know, Dion went there, he brought in talent, you know, they wiped the whole slate clean, and all these people, they'll they'll pretend now that, you know, they're four and four, like, oh, no one expected them to win all these games, yada, 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 and he would say, keep the receipts, make sure you keep those receipts, well, how many years do we need to keep those? Because, <laughs> obviously, this year, it's, it's a bust, and that's the part that I think drives me the most insane. It's funny how they were the talk of every single media outlet and now nothing. Not a not a peep because yeah. they all look dumb because I mean, yeah, they started off three and oh, so everyone's all talking, talking, talking. And then since then they're one and five. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, or one and four. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna talk, if you're gonna talk like they do, man, you you better back it up. And um, yeah, four and four, or whatever it is, four and five, whatever the record is, and that ain't backing it up. And um, and then lost games that they should have won. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I I do listen. I I think Colorado's like here to stay. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying they're gonna be, you know, a, a playoff contender or even. 
I mean, I, I don't know what their ceiling is exactly right now, but I, I think Dion, you know, the kids love playing for them. You know, they're going to, um, they're going to keep getting some transfer portal guys. They're going to keep getting some big recruits. And, um, you know, so I, I think they're here to stay. I really do. Like, I, I think, you know, <laughs> I mean, shoot, just from, you know, I don't know, like the past few years, what they've on average won maybe one or two games every season to, you know, winning four, even if they don't win another single, a uh, single game, the rest of the year, you know, they've already <laughs> improved uh, dramatically from, you know, from, from where they were. So, you know, I, I think they're going to stick around and, you know, be, I don't even know what conference they're going to be in now, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I think they're, they're eyeballing the better. Big 12. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I, I which that makes sense. It's program. basically, God, sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think they're going to be a decent program moving forward. You know, they're going to be one of those teams that is like a fringe, you know, bowl eligible team every year. Um, but, you know, I, I just seeing them become like an elite playoff contender type of program like he thinks they're going to be. I just don't I don't see it, but I don't see it happening in our lifetime that they make it no. to the playoffs, even at 12 teams No. No. Now, do I see them having eight win seasons, nine win seasons? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. A 10 yeah. win season, maybe if you include their bowl game, uh, which I mean, honestly, yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see. I just didn't like all the false hype and everything. That's just, and you know, in the media, it's not the, the team itself. Although, actually, they do kind of make you not like them because they stay they're, talking. They're pretty cocky. Like, yeah, they're pretty cocky. And everybody says, oh, Dion's just, you know, he's he's confident. And it's like, no, no, he, he never yeah. has been. He's always been cocky. Yeah, he's a like, whole other level of, <clears throat> of cocky. And it's the arrogance that gets a lot of people. And then not to get super political, but then it's like everybody throws it's I don't know what it is about that team specifically, but they throw out the race card every time if you say like, oh, they're trash or like, hey, they're not living up to all this hype. That's like the first thing that's thrown out and everyone's just like, okay, like we're talking about college football here and we're talking about athletics, which is literally like 85% non-white. <laughs> Pro- probably higher unless you're like Stanford or uh, Iowa. <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but somehow Wisconsin always finds like these diamond in the rough running backs. I don't know where where they get them out of, but like like McCaffrey and guys like that. It's like, dude, where do you guys? Why are you guys constantly getting running backs? You can't even win the Big Ten. <laughs> um, do you have any other comments on the f- college football field before yeah, we just, dive into Ohio State? Just one, uh, one quick question for you about. I have my opinion on. It. I just want to see where you stand on it, real quick. Do you think um, Oklahoma's loss eliminates them and Texas, you know, and, and the Big Twelve conference from the playoff altogether, or do you think there's still a chance that one of them gets in? What are your thoughts on that? I think the Big 12 is currently the odd man looking out. Yep. I think you've got SEC, Big 10. They've made it, and even though this isn't the college wall rankings, which are happening in T-minus 56 minutes from now, 
Um, it's very clear whether it's the coaches poll, the media poll, whatever. Florida State's in like everyone's top four. Yeah. And the only team that's actually that is not in the top four that everyone's talking about is Washington. Uh, typically, it's Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, Florida State, and Georgia. Yeah. However, people want to order them, so be it. At the end of the day, we all know that it's going to work itself out to where it needs to be. Um, okay. But yeah, okay. I do think yeah. I think the Big Twelve is the odd man looking out, and I honestly, I even think if say if all plays out. Georgia wins the SEC. They're in. I, I don't see anybody giving Florida State any type of contest the rest of the season or even in the ACC championship unless they just get upset. Um, so they're probably a shoe-in. Um, the Big Ten champion, regardless of who it is, is getting in. Yep. Well, assuming that it's Michigan or Ohio State. Um, right. But I see – the way they're playing, I see a one-loss Oregon Pac-12 champion getting in overall one-loss Big 12 champion, for sure. Just yeah, the, I, the overall conference is better. And, again, like I told you, I don't see them leaving out a Pac-12 team this year with it being the last year. And, like, they would just the, – Washington would have to lose and Oregon would need to lose another game Yep, for them to – leave them out yeah okay uh you hit all my thoughts exactly on the head i just want to see if you agreed yeah i I think the big 12's probably out unless you know some chaos ensues so yeah i'm with you which it's about to be november so and it almost always ensues. now i did see that they said that no team outside of the original top seven so the top seven in the first CFP rankings have made it to the college football playoff. Every team that's ever made it to the college football playoff is ranked within the top seven of the first rankings. Okay. Wow. So it's going to be interesting and eyeballing that. Obviously, crash course set for us in Michigan, um, which we are going to talk about that. Uh, but I would like to talk about the Ohio State game because I've been itching to talk about it with you for yeah feels like four days, but really it's only been like two. <laughs> um, yeah. Start us off. Well, we won uh, on the back of Trevion Henderson and our defense. Yep. And also so- Marvin Harrison. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um. It's it's tough, like, for me, and I sent you that one gif, and I don't know if you knew what it meant. I sent it without context of the kid trying to pour the milk in the stereo bowl and how it was just overflowing and getting everywhere. That's what our offense felt like all day. And... One, number one, I absolutely love this defense and what has been put together by Jim Knowles this year. It's been nothing short 
of fantastic all season. Uh, so I'll start it with that. What's your initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, number one, you know, we, we got the dub. That's the, the most important thing. Um, I, I really felt like the game just never felt, even, even I think when we were tied, or we tied at one point 10 to 10, or was it? I can't remember. Even when the score was close, it, it just never – I just never got worried. I mean, you know, I just never felt that Wisconsin had a chance to win that game. I really didn't. Um, you know, they, they just – I think they were just outmatched. That we, we dominated every phase of that game. Um, they just they, – they had no – Other than turnovers, we did not dominate the turnover battle. No, no, yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and this was by far Kyle McCord's worst game as a starter, you know. And I, I've been very fit, defensive of – of Mikhail of Kyle McCord, you know, this year. And, um, you know, I, I, but I can, I can admit, you know, what I see, I'll be, I'll be very honest. I mean, this was his worst game and, you know, part of that was the offensive line. And part of that was just him trying to do too much. I mean, that first interception was just inexcusable. I mean, you know, he, he kind of rolled out to the right. He was looking for a guy in the end zone there was two guys, two of our players and about four of theirs. And he just, there was one of their players standing right in front of a Buckeye and he just threw it right to, I don't know what he was well, doing. That, that was just inexcusable. He needed to. And it was away. a second down play. It wasn't even a third down play. It was a second down yeah. play. Yeah. I, I, and... I mean, that really game, just get rid of it, live to play another day. And, and that was just inexcusable. Now the other interception you know, th- that stuff happens. I'll give him a pass on that. It was just one of those things where the, you know, the DB jumped the route, made a good read. You know, he didn't see the guy. Those things happen, you know, what, whatever. Um, then he had the fumble, too, which, you know, that's my biggest knock on Kyle so far right now is not, you know, it's not accuracy. It's not anything like that. It's, it's, it's pocket awareness. I think that is his biggest struggle at the moment like he just he for whatever reason like even even when it's not coming from that blind side I mean you know a a lot of the times that he's getting sacked is coming from you know his his front side you know that right side of the line and you know Josh Fryer got and and Josh Simmons both our tackles are just getting whipped left and right um and he just has to feel that pressure like he he's just not seeing it and I don't know I don't know what that's like as far as coaching and how you work on something like that, or if that's just sort of a natural feel, just an instinct sort of thing that you can't teach. I I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about that, but yeah, his pocket awareness is just bad. He's got to learn to do something, you know, when he feels that pressure, step up in the pocket, roll out, you know, take off scrambling, throw it away, whatever he's got to do. But you know, that's, that's my biggest, my biggest knock on him so far. You know, he did have a couple plays that, probably could have changed his day around you know he had that one long pass to Julian that Julian dropped you know because I think he was hurting it looked like his ribs were hurting or something Trey Trey Henderson you know he dropped a a pass that went right through his hands and he was standing in the end zone you know so I I mean there's a couple things like that that happened that you know maybe had they caught those couple balls things would have swung in a different direction that weren't Kyle's fault, but I mean, yeah, one really bad pick and that one really bad fumble, um, you know, it, but, you know, looking at all that, you know, without Emeka, um, still on the road, finding a way to get a 14 point win over a very good, 
you know, disciplined team, well-coached team. I mean, it, it's crazy to think, like, if we played that bad and we still beat Wisconsin on the road by 14 points without a Mecca and, you know, all this. I mean, you just, you know, like I said, if a couple things went our way, it, it would have been a lot, a lot more of a blowout. So, yeah, I know I talked – that was a lot, but what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, so, well, first off, I look at Wisconsin's losses this year. They lost to Washington State. They lost to us. And they got beat 15 to six by Iowa, who was undefeated at that point. Um, Yeah, I mean, not terrible losses like their losses, even when they lost to Washington State, it was nine point loss. So their margin of defeat is not huge. Uh, To be honest with you, I thought Kyle McCord played like absolute hot dog water. Yeah. I've been waiting for that switch to flip with it. Like, we'll see glimpses. And that's what makes me think that there's a lot more potential in him that he just can't seem to tap into. I don't know why. But I 100% agree. His pocket awareness, I feel like, has gotten worse. He's gotten worse with that as the season's gone. I noticed it when we were playing Maryland. Uh, where he fumbled it and twice we got it back one time and he lost it the other one. Um, but to be honest, I think he, I, in my mind, I think it's pressure. That's the only thing. And when I say pressure, I don't mean, oh, somebody's rushing the quarterback pressure. I think it's sat in like, hey, we are the Ohio State. I am the quarterback of the program that is undefeated on a path to playing Michigan, who we've dropped to twice in the last two years. And uh, I, I hold just, on, I, though. Hold on, though. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> we'll get to that. Hold on. We'll we get, will to, get that. to that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I think it's the pressure. I think that he – I know he doesn't get a lot of airtime and he stays away from it. I think also Ryan Day tries to keep him away from it. Um, But I think that he might be feeling a little bit of the the moments bigger than him type of thing. And I'd like to think that's not true. But these – I mean, it's back-to-back weeks, man. Actually, I'd almost say back-to-back-to-back weeks. We could have easily went in the first half up with like with 28 points back to back weeks. We could have easily he he keeps I don't know what's happening. I know that there's drop balls, right? Obviously, that's not his fault. Like you talked about, we should have had at least another touchdown or two from just drop balls. But in the last I was going back and looking in the last three weeks, we should have had. five touchdowns that five five passes that he should have if he would have thrown them remotely close to our receivers they would have been easy touchdowns that we're just not getting and the problem is it seems he his accuracy on that ball that's over 30 yards is just it's dropped a lot whereas in the earlier part of the season Obviously not week one when we played um, at Indiana. I didn't have any 
if anybody had any expectations from McCord to go out there and sling it around the field at Indiana week one, they're stupid. That's just it, – it's his first, like, season being the starter, first, like, starting quarterback game, like, on the road, conference game. Like, that's just dumb. But then each week it seemed like those next three weeks he was looking really good. And then he had that drive against – Notre Dame, how am I, dude, this is it. Like, he, he's, he's building up. He's building up. And then it just <clears throat> – I, I, I don't know. Obviously, uh, we're still without um, Devin Brown. Huh? Uh, what? Devin Brown. Yeah, he was hurt. Who's Devin dude. Brown? Oh, the quarterback. I'm so – I was so confused. I was I like, oh, my God, what just happened? <laughs> I thought you were talking about the – didn't we have a receiver named Devin Brown a few years ago? Uh, I mean, there was a kid that went to our high school that had the name Devin Brown. <laughs> no. 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 So, Who was the receiver that was uh, – oh, that was Devin Smith. Devin Smith. Okay. I was like, Devin Okay, I'm with you. The quarterback, Devin Brown. Yeah. I, so we're I, still I, still without him, um, <laughs> which I think also adds to this pressure thing, right? It adds to the pressure because now the red zone is solely on McCord. Because I'll be honest, when I used to, I was getting initially the first week that we brought in, the week before Penn State, when we brought in Devin Brown, uh, that was against Maryland. I was not pumped about that. I was like, dude, I don't like when we play two quarterbacks. I feel like that's never statistically a wise decision, but he just completely opened up the red zone for us, which is where we were struggling. And then we lost him. And it just seems like, I don't know. I, I Like, as long as we keep winning, that that's really what it is. There's no other way to put it. I, I think – Lincoln, who's the freshman, I think he shows a lot of promise and talent, but at this point in the season, like, you can't. We literally – it doesn't matter if we played Appalachian State. Like, we just – you have to stick with McCord, even though it's been rough. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, let's step back. He's got four – well, technically, I think five or six turnovers on the year. But he only has three interceptions, and two of them came last week, and we still won. So we really are that it's, – it's tough. I think it's just tough because it's the typical we're used to Ohio State. We are offensive team, and this year we're not. We are a defensive team. Uh, we have the ability to have a great offense, but overall it's – our defense is what we are going to continue to rely on throughout the duration of the season. And, I mean, as long as we're holding people to – 17 or less points or even 20 or less points. I really, really like our chances. Um, well, yeah. And it's just kind of like Georgia the last couple of years. That's, that's the only way, like there's great players. Obviously we got Marvin Harrison jr. Who unfortunately I do think um, McCord because of just the, 
abilities and that kind of thing and the connections that they're not hitting on all cylinders. So it kind of hurts him in that aspect of his numbers and towards the Heisman race and whatnot. Um, and obviously we have Trevion Henderson and we've got, you know, Emeka who's been out for several weeks. Um, it just seems like we've only had what one, was it one game or two games where we actually had every starter on the field? Yeah, probably just the first two, two or three. Well, no, because Trevion didn't even did he he didn't even play week one, did he? Uh, I don't yeah, think he, he, did. he didn't. I didn't think he played week one. I thought it was uh, Chip Trainum and Mike Williams. Uh, I thought no, Trevion was out week one, played week two, played. It's just, but either way, you know what I mean. Like we haven't even had our whole team on the field together. Um, yeah, and then obviously, I just think we just need to keep riding our defense and put McCord in the best possible situation to be successful, which is what I think that they've been trying to do overall. Um, like you say, that that pick in the end zone, like I just, I literally, I was sitting there and I'm like, I don't even know what could have crossed his mind at that point. You know what I mean? Is he like partially yeah. collarbone and he saw red? <laughs> it was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I mean, overall, though, I also never once felt like, oh, crap, Wisconsin's going to win this game. Like, never once felt like that. Yeah, I mean, to me, it, like I said, it was it was McCord's worst game, you know, no doubt about it, but I, you know, I, everybody has bad games. Like I, I, CJ Stroud had these, you know, he would have those games too, where he just didn't, didn't look good. The offense just didn't look good. You know, Justin Field, same way, JT Barrett. I mean, you can go on and on and on. I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I just watched Patrick Mahomes a couple weeks ago against my Jets throw like three interceptions and have a fumble. I mean, he, and, and oh, still shit. found a way to the watch him this I mean, past week. He looked horrible and lost to that's what, Denver. That's what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it's just, you know, that happens, you know, he's still a young guy. I mean, like I said, do I, do I think Kyle's ever going to be a, a great a, elite legendary Buckeye talent? No, but like you said, at this point in the season, he's our best shot to win. So, you know, love him or hate him Buckeye fans. You better freaking hope that he's healthy because, you know, otherwise it, it, could, it could be really bad. Um, that is a concern, that. too, is his health because I yeah, think he got that ankle. He got rolled up on um, with that ankle injury. And I mean, we know how that stuff is. Like, it's obviously not as tricky as like, you know, quad or hamstring. But those if it's a high ankle sprain, hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's just a low ankle sprain. Uh, but those high ankle sprains, I mean, you'll see guys in the NFL miss four or five weeks. Yeah. So, obviously, I don't think he's going to miss any time uh, because he's going to strap up and go out and play. But overall, that is a cause for concern. Luckily, we do have Rutgers and Michigan State coming up. So, hopefully, we can get rolling and maybe he can sit out, you know, some uh, – third or fourth quarter action, but I don't know who we're – we probably wouldn't put Lincoln in because we don't want to waste his red shirt either in case we need him um, further down the line. Oh. Yep. Um, 
but yeah, do you have any other thoughts on Ohio State or anything with the upcoming schedule? I mean, I know we got at Rutgers at or at Rutgers and then home against Michigan State, home against Minnesota before we go up north. Yeah, I, I mean, my only just last thoughts is uh, again, let's get everybody healthy and then see where we're at. I really think getting a Mecca back is going to open up the passing game so much. And, you know, if I'm wrong, you know, I'm wrong. But like I said, seeing Henderson, you know, the running game's been struggling. And I, I kept saying, well, let's wait till we get Trey back, you know, and then we did. And we see how much stronger the run game looks. So same thing, you know, let's, you know, we're criticizing the passing game and McCord, but let's see how much better it gets when a Mecca's back. So, um, you know, this defense is going to carry us. I think once we're healthy, the offense can, you know, sky's the limit. Uh, you know, Marvin is, I think, only like 600 yards away from uh, becoming the all-time Ohio State leading passing leader. Don't think he's going to get there, but I think they're going to keep feeding him, feeding him, feeding him, and seeing how high they can get him. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll have some better days ahead for McCord. Um, one thing, though, you mentioned Rutgers. I actually saw a cool stat. Um, well, maybe not cool, but I, I saw an interesting stat um, yesterday that I had to write down. Um, Ohio State there's is one of two teams in the country that has um, not given up a single play over 40 yards. That other team, wow. Rutgers. <laughs> well, that's so, changing this week. Yeah, so, so, I mean, they're another team that, you know, Greg Schiano, you know, while Rutgers is not a great team, they do have kind of a sneaky athletic quarterback. You know, they do play a really disciplined defense that keeps everything in front. I would like to see that change this weekend. Like you said, maybe see Marv Burnham on a 40, 50 yarder or something, you know, hopefully that changes, but um, you know, I don't think Rutgers is going to be a complete, is going to be a complete blowout. They're not a total pushover. I mean, well, no team at this point, at this point in the season, when you're eight and oh, or going into nine and oh, or even 10 and oh, no team is a, a wash to where we're like, oh yeah, we, we can just stroll right in. Now, should we, if we play to our capabilities? Absolutely. But yeah. we can't roll in with that mindset of like, oh, it's going to be easy. Everything's going to be easy. Cause that's how you get in those tight games in the fourth quarter. And then at that point, anything can happen. I.e. look at Kansas and Oklahoma. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so again, should should be an easy win for the Buckeyes, you know, in the end. I, I think, you know, I, I could see us easily winning by, you know, 20 to 30 points at the end of the game. But, you know, maybe don't don't be surprised if that first half stays close. So, kind of my thoughts on the upcoming. I, I have two other things to say. It just popped in my mind. Number one, feed Cade Stover. Yeah. He was not getting any looks last week. Um, feed him. I've, I've seen time and time again, if you're having issues in the red zone, feeding your tight end is so successful. The success rate of that is so high. Number two, continue doing the tush push. <laughs> yes. Like literally, I well, did, we, did it. we did it to perfection the first time. Yeah. And then later on, we're like, oh, yeah, let's – Let's uh, let's hand it off here on fourth and one, and it's like, bro, you just six, four plays ago, five plays ago, got three yards on the tush push, and then later on in the game we went back to it and got a first down. It's like, dude, just keep doing it. 
Like, yeah. especially when we're playing teams where we know that we have the bigger, stronger, athletic people do it. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, Ryan I was so pumped. Ryan Day no. just has – he does have those brain farts sometimes where, like you said, I was so excited when we did the freaking sneak. And then, like you said, I think it was a third and one um, where we handed it off to Trey. And, and, again, I was like, what – or maybe it was a fourth and one. I don't remember what. But I was like, what – why are we – why didn't we just sneak it again? And then, like you said, he realized, oh, you know, that didn't work. We probably should have just snuck it. So, later on in the game, we ran another – I don't know what the, the thought process is there, but – you know, sometimes just, you know, keep it simple, stupid, and, and just, you know. I mean, look at the Eagles. Just go with what works. It doesn't have to look fancy and pretty. Just go with what works. When the Eagles played the Miami Dolphins, not last week, but the week before, on the final drive to seal the game, they ran the tush push three times on fourth down and got it every single time in one drive. Like, obviously not everybody has their success rate, but – I like to. Th- I like our odds when I know that we have a more athletic, stronger team. Um, so yeah, dude, uh, that's kind of. I just wanted to at least bring that up because I was super, super pumped when we did this sneak. I was just like, "Where has this been? Just do it, do it." Um, but you know how we are. We are very pro quarterback sneak, especially when it's down there, like fourth and or. First and goal, second and goal, third goal, anything in goal from like the one and in. Yep. I I think the biggest pet peeve I have is when a team goes into shotgun on second and goal from the one. And it's like, dude, why would you automatically add three yards to your what you need to get? Um yep. Okay, dude. Um so Obviously, we've been – you and I have been talking back and forth on this for quite a while, I think, for the last probably like two, three – probably like three or four weeks actually at this point. Well, maybe. Maybe it hasn't been that long. It feels like it's been that long. It's been at least – it's been at least two to three weeks. Michigan stealing football signs, a.k.a. the – Michigan Astros or Houston Wolverines, whatever you want to call them. Um, this is – it's at the point now where we're we're bringing it up on here, like legitimately bringing it up on here, not just like, oh yeah, you know, because last time we talked about it, we're like, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. More and more keeps coming out. At this point, it is – it's bad. It's bad. There's – there's no – I mean, I don't think – because I don't know how much other people understand because the typical the casual person that's not invested in actually looking into all this, they're like, oh, all the teams do it, yada, yada, yada. There's a really big key thing missing here. They hacked Ohio State's computer system, folks. They hacked it stole information from it. I don't know if anyone knows this, but that is a federal offense. There's actually talks of the FBI joining this investigation. So... I, I hadn't heard that part. I'll be honest. I know. Oh, yes. Yeah. They hacked Ohio State's computer system 
And there is talks of them, of the FBI getting involved because that's a federal offense when you hack a school's computer or when you're hacking a computer system like that. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know what was taken from it. But I mean, it's just like you, you see, I see all the stuff with Jim Harbaugh. He stayed pretty silent. Like initially he came out and he's like, oh, no, no, absolutely not. We have all this integrity. <laughs> and then as more things have come out, he literally just went mute. Won't talk about it. Hasn't talked about it. Just finally talked about it and just said, oh, you just have to let it play out. Like, what's um, – because I don't know if you also know this. Um, I'm sure you do because as of five hours ago, this article was – and this is a live updating feed on um, CBS, NCAA football. Uh, Central Michigan is investigating alleged pictures of the Stallions because there was a uh, – of Connor Stallion, sorry – so Central Michigan is investigating allegations that suspended Michigan analyst Connor Stallions, which is the key uh, perpetrator here. For those of you who don't know, he was on the sideline for the season opener against Michigan State, according to ESPN. A man who resembles Stallions appeared to be on the sideline wearing a Central Michigan University apparel and photos. They, they're circulating social media, obviously. Um, they Central Michigan had no idea that the photos existed. Their director of uh, the athletic department just found out on Monday, so yesterday. Uh, they are they're looking into this because once again, you've got this guy. Not only it, you're not even on the the you're not even in the stands. You're on the sideline. Yeah, that, that's just weird. L- l- listen, I, I'll be honest. When I first saw that um, earlier today, my first thought was like, or, or yesterday or whenever that came out, I was like, I, I didn't believe it at first. I was like, man, I don't know. It doesn't really look like the guy. Like, nobody would actually do that. And then Central Michigan reacted to the situation. And that's when I kind of, a red flag was raised for me because they just came out and said, uh, yeah, we weren't aware of it. Uh, we're looking into it. And that to me w- would immediately be like, you know, if you're, if you're central Michigan's football program and you know, you had this guy on the, on the sideline who wasn't stallions, you would just be like, that's not him. That's our, you know, that's our, our, our ball boy, Jimmy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you, you would just immediately come out and be like, no, that's not him. That's this guy. But the fact that they were just like, oh yeah, we don't know. We'll have to kind of check into that. It, that's just that's suspicious to me. It's just weird. I don't know. Well, you're talking because at this point, I'm not saying. And now this this is speculation here, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. It's pure speculation. It is possible. It is possible, my friend, that money is being shelled out to maybe Central Michigan got a donation and. Buddy got to stay on the sidelines, but now it's at that point because they are absolutely, I mean, you want to talk about the worst people I've ever seen at um, 
I don't know if you want to call it cheating, if you want to call it whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the dumbest people I've ever seen. Like, it's like going in. Have you ever, I don't know if this was in a commercial or if it was a movie. There was these guys that went to rob a bank and, you know, they'll wear like pantyhose. The guy wore basically like a clear set of pantyhose so you could see his whole face. <laughs> like, yeah. this is what this is. It's insane. Yeah. It is pure insanity to me that they are just this blatant about it and have never, like, and that's why, I mean, if anything, and a lot of people have said, like, if you're that stupid, to, you deserve to get caught at this point. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, 100%. They've got to be the world's worst cheaters. Like, I mean, the SEC has been getting away with paying recruits for 30 years. I mean, through all these such – I've heard so many just elaborate – schemes and they come up with these ways that you just can't you know they don't put a paper trail behind behind any of the money or anything and this freaking stallions guy and what another funny comment i heard too they said connor stallions does that not sound like a porn star name but anyway, <laughs> uh, this this guy's got to be the worst ever i mean he's buying tickets to other people's games just on on like facebook and sharing you know like people found his like venmo receipts where he's wiring you, you know, money people and stuff, um, you know, it's, you text messages, emails, like, you know, dude, get a burner phone, right? Like, I mean, right. just all this stuff. I mean, he's just leaving a trail behind everything. Like, he's standing on the sideline, you know, like, they're not even being discreet about it on the sideline. I mean, this dude is in the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator's hip pocket every single game, whispering in their ear with his little clipboard that has, you know, people's hand signals on it and stuff. I mean... They, they're not even trying to hide it almost. I mean, how stupid can you be, man? It's it, it's getting bad. And like you said, it's it's getting worse each day. Um, my thing would be, what what do you think is going to come out of it? What 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 penalties or, um, you know, things like that are, are on the table for for Michigan and Harbaugh? And, and, and what do you think is going to come out of this? I mean, to be honest, dude. For, I hate that. I mean, it's annoying because overall it makes the big, the big 10 look like shit, right? At the end of the yeah. day, it, it, it makes like, number one, let me put it this way. Number one, and it, it's so hard for me to collect my thoughts with this. Cause it's just the whole thing, honestly, is super irritating because we both know that if this was Ohio state, they would probably cancel our season. That's just the difference. We're held, and that's the difference between other teams and us. We're held at a higher standard. And there are certain other teams that are held to that standard as well. And But it's – first off, they suspended the guy with pay. Like, what do you mean? If, he, if he's over here doing illegal activities on the job, and you suspend him with pay. So obviously you guys knew, or else you would have been like, oh, whoa, we have no idea. Let's get this guy out of here. We've just suspended him without pay. We're going to make sure that, you know, but instead they suspend him with pay. And the big thing is, is like, dude is buying tickets that he cannot afford on his salary. You can't make $55,000 a year before taxes. And for those of you out there that wonder how we know this, 
you can almost find anyone's salary online, just so you guys know, especially if it's if they work for a university or a large public entity. Just fun facts for you. Yeah, you can go find mine right now. And if you if you want to see how poorly teachers are underpaid, go ahead and Google that. <laughs> <laughs> That was a bad time to take a drink. Uh, <laughs> but the guy, I mean, literally, you're talking like midfield tickets that are behind the bench on both sides of the field to does like literally like, th- what is it, 33 games now that they've discovered? Something like that, yeah. And I mean, it is ironic and there's some people out there that are like, oh, well, Ohio State changed their signs, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, dude, this isn't just about Ohio State. It has nothing to do with Ohio State. People think that the people that are mad about this are just Ohio State fans because we dropped the game the last couple of years to them. That has nothing to do with it. It's the fact that they've literally been cheating for three years now. And... They all of a sudden, I mean, think about this. Let's, and I was talking to my buddy about this um, from Maine. I said, prior to all this happening, Jim, Hall, Jim Harbaugh could not win a big game, couldn't beat Ohio State, can't win bowl games, period. Can't win, couldn't win the Big Ten, none of that. And all of a sudden, they start stealing signs and they win the Big Ten. and But what happens? When you look at their losses, it's against teams that they didn't know they were going to play because you know how that gets the last couple of weeks of college football. You literally have no idea because anything can happen. So they weren't able to send Mr. Stallions or whoever to the games to figure out, like, like TCU, for example. There is no way that TCU had more talent than Michigan whatsoever. But the thing is, is if you run a scheme defense based off of cheating all year long, it's like, it's like cheating on your quizzes and homework. And then you get to the final exam and it's like truly proctored. And there's somebody like watching you and you fail it because you didn't learn anything all year long. And that's essentially what they've been doing. They've been using the answers out of the back of the textbook to get by, and then they get to the college football playoff, and they get they give up 51 points to TCU. They get absolutely dog-walked by Georgia. Like, it's – honestly, like, at this point, I don't see how there's no ramifications for this. There's so much evidence already, and it's been – they literally – they suspended him on October 20th, so 11 days ago. I think it came out um, like 17 days ago or 18 days ago is when the first little article started coming out. And it's – I mean, dude, I don't know how nothing happens yeah. at this point. And especially because that's like – because it also, at the end of the day, it makes the NCAA look like shit. And anybody that knows the NCAA, 
They love to bang their gavel and make sure that everybody knows that they're king, regardless of what's going on. Uh, what's your what's your initial thought? I know I didn't really give like a true suspension. Um, I think whenever the punishment is held, given out, uh, I imagine they're suspended from bowl games for at least one, maybe two seasons. Um, obviously, the Stallions guy, he's gone. Um, I think Harbaugh's job is in jeopardy. I don't know if I actually just screenshot. I don't know if I sent this to you. Uh, Michigan pulled their extension with Harbaugh. So they originally had an extension that they had signed and they pulled that from them. So that extension, because of this investigation, they pulled it. So he's no longer extended at Michigan. Um, he could very well never coach at this level again in like a high level coaching position. It might be something where like, oh, somebody will bring him in. He's like a, uh, a helper or a coordinator. But I mean, it, this could be, in my opinion, career ending for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, just, I mean, to compare it to like the Ohio State situation, you know, you had a few players who received some free slash discounted tattoos, you know, sold some jerseys, some rings, things like that. And, you know, those players got a five game suspension. You know, they had to fire their coach. I mean, we had to vacate wins. We had bowl ban. We had loss of scholarships, you know, um, you know, Charles Trestle had to resign. He got a five-year show cause penalty. I mean, and that was just for selling a few jerseys. I mean, this is the one of the worst cheating scandals. I mean, the worst cheating scandal in all of college football, for sure, you know, and, and one of the top in all of sports, you know. How can the penalties not be way, way, way more severe than that? I mean, I, I think all, you know, all options are on the table. I mean, you know, some people bring up the dreaded death penalty, which means, you know, they would have their season, you know, suspended or canceled for a season, you know, that has been used a few times in, in college football history. Um, you know, even with like, I've heard some people say, you know, I was talking to my buddy John about it this weekend too. And, and he said, you know, probably what's going to happen is Harbaugh wants to go to the NFL anyways. He can just go there and, you know, come away completely unscathed. But, you know, that's not entirely true because, um, you know, the Jim Trestle situation after he resigned from Ohio state, he still had that show cause penalty and had he stayed at Ohio State, he would have had to serve, I think it was like a five or six game um, suspension had he coached in college that next season. And um, even though he, he got hired by the Indianapolis Colts that following season, and he still had to serve that suspension um, before he could join the team. Now, he was just like a consultant or, or, or something, so he wasn't like a high-level position coach or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, Harbaugh is – even if he jumps to the NFL, I mean, he's, he could still have some penalties to pay – you know, in, in terms of a suspension or, you know, a show cause penalty, which could keep him from going back to college or whatever. And really, too, though, I mean, hell, he's for the past two or three years now, this dude, every single offseason is practically begging NFL teams to hire him. I mean, he keeps mm -hmm. interviewing and ke he keeps interviewing and nobody will freaking hire him. So I, I don't even know, you know, and then you you just go look at his track record of apparently being you know, a cheater and a liar after breaking all these, you know, he's had all these smaller uh, recruiting violations. Well, he just got in trouble for tampering this past year. He's been caught year. lying. He's been caught lying to the NCAA. I mean, 
why would anybody want to hire this guy? I mean, it's pretty clear that he has some, you know, some judgment, uh, character you know, some issues. issues, some character issues. You know what I mean? Like one of the things too. Oh my God, this is, this is the worst one of all. I mean, he said this, if this doesn't tell you that he's a, a psychopath, I don't know what does. He, he, he quoted saying, I like hot dogs just as much as steak. That Ugh. right there, my friend, that right there, my friend tells you he's crazy. He because, also I mean, likes boogers too. Nobody, <laughs> you know, nobody can turn down a good hot dog. But to just say that hot dogs are are on the same level as steak, let's get real. You know what I mean? I so, do like good hot dogs. The, the dude's crazy. He's a total weirdo. He is, he is, you know, completely known as one of the most odd individuals in all of coaching. He's had so many weird experiences over the years. From, um, you know, there was one situation where he. He spent the night at a recruit's house. You know, he's gone to high school classes with him. There's all these pictures of him, like, at practice with a shirt off and stuff. I mean, he's just a total freaking weirdo. Um, I, 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 I don't think this any there's any situation that he is their coach next year. I just don't. I, whether it's resigning, whether it's firing, I think he's got to be gone. And, and really, the entire staff is complicit, too. Because, again, you know, not one of them can complete ignorance – and say like, oh, this was just this guy was doing this on his own. We had no idea. Like I said, that stallions dude. If you see the videos, he is up that OC and DC's ass every single play. And the second I mean, you see a team, and I've seen this just outside of even that Ohio State uh, play, where you'll see the other team change the they're changing their play, and he is gridlocked on the opposite team's sideline. And the second that that the offense starts changing, they're changing their play, and just magically, it's the perfect change every single time. Now, granted, there's and this is what's really annoying. There's those people out there like Dion, and this is another reason why Dion pissed me off. He even said this past week, he's like, "Oh, well, you still got to go out there and make the plays." It's like, bro, that's cheating. Like, it doesn't matter if you still have to execute on the playing level. It's it's 1,000% cheating. You can't – there's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. If I went in there and I got to see, you know, the answers to a test prior to taking the test, but I couldn't take the answers in with me and I had to go off memory, it's still cheating. Sure, I got to execute the memory part, but it's cheating. And the, the problem is, dude, is that the players are complicit. Yeah. Like yeah, it wasn't just the, the it's not just the coordinators, right? It's not just these yeah. coaches because there could be a scenario where the coaches are just changing plays and the kids have no idea. That is one hundred percent possible. But when you have half of the the kids on the sideline doing the same yep. hand signals and all that, like, bro, it's I've always hated Michigan. Literally, like I've never liked them. I remember. I used to dislike the people who liked Michigan that went to our school um, just in general because they like Michigan. And it's like, dude, you want to talk? I've always, I've always thought of Michigan as sleazy. Like no matter what, I've always viewed it that way. And they stay in scandals. Held their basketball program with um, what's his name, Jawan Howard. They've been yeah. in scandals the whole time that he's been there. 
And it's like, yeah. dude, yeah. it's like the school, it's the whole school, dude. Like, it's it's grimy. They're grimy, bro. They're desperate to because at the end of the day, you look back at the last 20 years, they've got three, maybe four wins against us. And it's like, oh, sure, they can be like, oh, yeah, all time. We've got the most. It's like, cool, you guys had a team in, like, 1446. Yeah, like, yeah. no one cares. We're talking about relevant time frame here. And think about it. I mean, they were on the verge not too long ago, like, a couple, two, three years ago, of uh, people just being like, dude, this is just they, – they weren't a football school. They were literally just a basketball school that had a decent football program. And yeah. go ahead. Just yeah, sorry. Just a, a couple things here. Again, like you said, it all makes sense now. You know, it just it it seems so weird when we go from dominating, dominating, dominating Michigan year in year out to all of a sudden them dominating us. Like things don't just happen like that overnight without some sort of dramatic shift in you know the way you do things or the talent you're bringing in. And, and you know, it, it's not like all of a sudden they just hired these amazing new coaches. They got this influx of amazing five-star talents or, you know, they brought in this, some sort of new offensive scheme that has completely changed things. I mean, they just overnight out of nowhere without changing a single thing started dominating people. So, I mean, like if, if it's not freaking obvious that they're cheating, it's just, it's so freaking obvious. Like I, I don't know how anybody can, you know, I've seen a lot of Michigan fans trying to spin things like you like you just said and say like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter if you do, if you know what the play is, you still got to stop it. No, it's like, dude, it's like, still cheating. It's a mass. Exactly. Exactly. And it's still a massive advantage. I mean, like if you think about it on the simplest level, I saw like an Ohio State blogger this weekend compare it to like screen watching in Madden. Right. When you're playing with your buddies on the same TV, if you look down at their screen and you see that they've got three pass plays up. Obviously, you know they're running a pass, so that completely completely changes the way you're going to defend them, right? You're going to go into some sort of cover zone, man, whatever it is, you know. Rather than if you see that they've got three run plays up, then you're going to go like goal line. You're going to put in like your heavy pass. So, I mean, even at the most basic, stupid level, just knowing even whether it's a run or a pass is a massive advantage. Let alone knowing exactly what kind of run and exactly what kind of pass it is. So to say for Michigan fans, oh, it doesn't matter. Even if they – come on, it totally matters. It totally matters. Well, here's, here's the thing, dude. We both know if it's Ohio State or any other team, their fan base is crying. They're, they're going to be like, oh, that's why Ohio State's been able to beat Michigan for so many times in a row. It's not because they, you know, were just – better at recruiting and better at, you know, play calling and every aspect of the football game, it's because they cheated. And it's like, and there's been, I'm sure you could pull up several different times from the last two years that we've played them where like we're running a screenplay and just magically they blitz the opposite side and they get a sack. And it's like, how many of these, and, it's it's so bad to this point that you don't know what's real and what's not. Like when you look back at it, it's like, man, like was this just a great, like a good fortunate play call at that time? Or is this because they changed their play because they saw whatever signs? And the thing is, 
we change our plays at the line of scrimmage so often on offense. I mean, you see it time and time again. We talk about this all the time with our tempo, how it seems like we're going to go up tempo. And the next thing you know, it's everybody gets set and then they all pop back up and stare at the sideline until there's like 11 seconds left on the, the play clock. And it's like, what do people think they're doing? They're, they're changing the signs. They're changing the, not the signs, they're changing the, the, the play. And it just, I don't know, man. I, the way I see it, I just, I don't see any way that they come out without losing a significant thing. Now, granted, this isn't as bad as like the Sandusky situation in Penn State. Sure. But in its own way, because that's a different thing, but in its own way, it kind of almost is. Obviously, what was happening up there is completely heinous and whatever. But when you talk about in the severity of the category that they're in, right. it's almost as severe because, I mean, like you say, like, if you're sitting there and you know exactly, like, okay, prime example, you know that they're running, we'll say, because most people understand this, four verticals. You know that the slot guy is going to come across the middle on a deep slant, and you know the other four or the other um, four guys are going to run deep. You know that. Without a doubt, you know that. Don't you think that's pretty easy to defend when you know exactly? Sure, you have to have the talent to be able to keep up, but you can call specific plays where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to load up this area or this side of the line, or, oh, hey, they just did this sign. Uh, let's let's audible out, and um, instead of us having, you know, four or five, having five people in the tackle box, we now have eight. Like, but people don't under, like, you have to understand the game of football and the way that it works. And I'm not saying I'm an expert by any means. I'm not. But when you think about the level of expertise that it takes to be able to um, do this, you, I mean, it's not like those guys got hired on the staff because they're good cheaters. You know what I mean? They got hired onto the staff because they're damn good at what they do. And then here's another thing, another little article snippet as of the 27th. I don't know if you heard this. So uh, there was a former Division Three quarterback. <clears throat> he claims that the suspended Michigan offensive analyst, Connor Steins, compensated him to record future Wolverine opponents in person. This is per ESPN reports. Uh, the coach who withheld his name for privacy reasons claims he attended three different Big Ten games, two at Penn State and one at Rutgers over the last two seasons to record signals. The footage of the signs were shared to an iPhone photo album. He says he is unaware if anyone other than Stallions accessed the footage. In addition to complimentary tickets, he, re- uh, he claims he received a couple hundred dollars for his service. Again, we are talking about a guy that makes $55,000 a year, folks. And I just want to put this on a realistic level for people that don't understand what I'm saying. 
So 55,000. Hourly, this guy's making 26, not less than 26.50 an hour. Uh, I'm pretty sure you could pull up, if you pulled up any Penn State game, any Ohio State game, any Michigan State game, or any Big Ten team of relevance, you pulled up their games and you looked at tickets around the 50-yard line or midfield at the low level because that's where they're at, I bet you they're 1,200. 1300 I bet you for Ohio State, they're probably like two grand. So, and that's just through the games that aren't like big. One game. Yeah. Oh, my iPad is getting. That? Do you hear that? Yeah. Uh, for some reason, it's getting like a million notifications from like forever ago. <laughs> I think it's because I just <laughs> turned it on for the first time in like ever. How do I turn the. I don't know how to turn notifications off. Oh, there we go. Silent mode on. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting notifications from like two months ago. Uh, I'm just trying to, I plugged it in because I wanted, uh, I'm going to pull up direct TV here because we're at the college football oh. ranking time frame already. I've got it. Oh, do you? It? I'm going to. Can I break it? Uh, Can I break let me, it? let me, let me turn on my TV. No, 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 no. Don't. Let me TV. break it. Let me break it to you. Okay, fine. Please, let it be a surprise. Ready? Okay, I'm listening. All right, so this won't be a surprise to anybody listening, obviously, because this will come out, you know, uh, tomorrow or whatever. But, all right, top ten. Number ten, Ole Miss. Number nine, Oklahoma. Number eight, Alabama. Number seven, Texas. And then the first two out, you've got number six, Oregon, and number five, Washington. And then the top four. Number four, Florida State. Number three, Michigan. Number two, Georgia. Number one, the Ohio State Buckeyes. You're lying. I am not lying. Now, I, I, listen, I mean, I, I've, been, I've been looking at the projections all day long, and all day long, everybody who, you know, the major has said Ohio State's first. Who have, and yeah, they've put Ohio State first, and I was like, yeah, right. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm just not buying it. And, um, yeah, it's official. They The playoff committee has ranked Ohio State number one in the initial playoff rankings. I am shocked, to say the least, but I, I will say at least this does show me that they value, um, you know, Ohio State's, you know, um, strength of wins, you know, their resume at this point. You know, they value that over, you know, Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State, who might have been – who might have looked like, you know, the more dominant teams, but, you know, they're valuing our strengths of schedule and our, our wins over, you know, two top 10 opponents. So um, I, I, think, I think that bodes well for us uh, moving forward. And, you know, if we can keep that number one ranking, even into the Michigan game, you know, uh, which we should absolutely, absolutely should, you know, I, I mean, I think that bodes well for us getting in, even if we drop, you know, to Michigan. I mean, I really, I really think at this point, I said, we could just week, drop to four. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we could just drop to four. I mean, I, kind of surprising well, that they're not, you know, they don't have the Pac-12 in there yet. But, uh, I mean, again, if, you know, if we beat, you know, Michigan or whatever, maybe that would put a Pac-12 team in. But, I mean, again, I think this puts us in a good position to where even if we drop a, a close game to Michigan, you know, this we still might be in no matter what. I, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is tough, man. This is a tough year because at the end of the day, one thing that we do have boating well for us is 
Georgia does not play anybody the rest of the year. Their schedule is just it's cupcake all the way to the SEC title game. Florida State, other than LSU, who has two losses and will probably drop another game before the year is over, that's their best win is a two-loss team. And so it's like we've got the strength of schedule, the strength of record, even if it's, you know, if we are – 10 and one at the end of the year. Um, so that bodes well for us. It's, I just, I mean, obviously in actuality, I obviously want us to just win out and then leave no doubt. So sure. like that would be the most ideal situation. Cause we Especially never, you just never know. You, you never know when I think if the PAC 12 If Georgia finishes undefeated, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington all finish undefeated as conference champions, I don't think we get in. I think we're sitting first out. If Washington loses a game, there's an argument to be had in terms of being a one-loss team. But again, I if now if like Florida State loses a game, they like when I look at this right here. When I look at this, Florida State cannot lose whatsoever. They cannot lose a game at all, including their title game. Georgia can lose one game and still win the SEC and probably get in because the almighty SEC will never be left out, even though I think it's highly possible that they could lose a game um, before going to the SEC championship. Um, right with that number one spot, yes, that we do have the most affordability to lose a game and still get in. Um, but I think Washington, if Washington's getting in, they have to win out. They cannot lose a game. They, yeah. they, they can't. Otherwise, they're going to be a. But looking at these rankings, I don't think Texas or Oklahoma, even as a Big 12 champion, there's no way they're in. Yeah, I, yeah just, I, I just unless unless for some unparalleled universe where Ohio State loses multiple games, Michigan loses twice, and you know, and it takes the Big Ten out of the picture. I I don't see a scenario where a realistic scenario where Oklahoma or Texas get in. No. Yep, I agree. Because they made it clear that they really, really value Oregon, and they're they're showing that by putting them at the sixth spot. Yep. Because Oregon's been holding in that like seven through ten area. Um, I will say this though: they're sneaking up the rankings, dude. Is Alabama? They oh keep, yeah. yeah. They keep finding ways to win. They look awful the first like four weeks five weeks but they've been looking a little bit better each as each week goes on and they're just one of those teams that you can just never count out if they pull out a win over georgia in the sec title you know what's gonna happen right like do they can they can they jump all about alabama all the way up in are they gonna you know take georgia all the way out i mean it's not it's not impossible i mean it's Crazier things have happened. 
Yeah. It's, I, I, uh, I don't know, man. I honestly, I don't know. Um, obviously as we both have said, went out and we're fine. Yep. Obviously. When and you're, um, when and you're in. Yep. Well, and the, the cool thing about sitting, cause I'm pretty sure like if we went out, we'll be the number one team overall. Like we win, beat Michigan, win the Big Ten. We're clearly they're saying our strength of schedule is better, which it is. Um, then you know we're looking at getting a potential favorable matchup of the number four spot. And because if you think about it, the last few times we made the college football playoff, we've been the number four team, and we always have to play the best team right out the gate. We had to play Georgia. We've had to play Clemson, uh, Alabama. Well, we played Alabama in the title game. Uh, what was that, 2019? 2018? Uh, 2019? Down, 19? Yeah, 19? No, 19, 19 was LSU. Okay, okay. So, uh, 20 – it might have been 2020. Was that the year that we played Alabama? Because Devontae Smith won the, the uh, Heisman. That was the COVID year. Yeah, that was the COVID year. Was that 2020? Yeah. Might have been. Yeah, you're right. That was such a weird year. That year almost doesn't even count. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like the 2020 slash 2021 season. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, and that's where some of those Alabama fans were like, yeah, that was the best team in college football history. And it's like, yo, dude, they played seven games. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> like, we were – I remember we had to schedule a random game because we were struggling to get enough games to even be able to play. Sure. Uh, because all of our Big Ten comrades kept canceling, like Michigan. They, they lost, like, three games, and they're like, eh, we're going to go ahead and uh, cancel our season due to COVID. They, they were too busy uh, scouting us for the next year. You know, they were too busy stealing our signals uh, during that season. You know, they right. had, had to get ready for that, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love, I love that we're sitting in number one, but it's also big bullseye on our backs. Everyone's going to be, you know, every team we play is going to play us that much harder now because they want to have that bragging right of, Oh, we took down the number one team. Yep. From, from the top, there's only one way to go. Unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what about you? What are, what are your, do you think, um, do you think there's any way, uh, Oklahoma or Texas can find themselves in, or do you agree with me and you feel like there's just, excuse me, got to be like an obscene amount of things to happen. They, they would need, yeah, they would need a, a, a stupid amount of help. Um, at this point, they, all hell would need to break loose for, for that to happen, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think they have much of a shot. And I mean, I'm looking down the rankings here. Um, it's obviously they got LSU in, they got Tennessee, um, Utah, USC's at 20. I feel like they're gonna get a loss or two before the season's over. Um, I mean, I just feel like it's – for me, it's the same every year. 
you have your one or two elite teams in the conference and the rest are always playing catch up. For us, it's Ohio State. Normally, I mean, for a long time, it was literally just Ohio State. Um, Penn State had that one year that they won the Big Ten, but they still didn't even get in, (laughs) Uh, which obviously did not bode well for us because we went and got dog dog walked by Clemson. Um, But yeah, I mean, so, and every year, like for the last at least five years, it's been Georgia and Alabama. Uh, There was that one little like year that you sprinkled in LSU on that golden year, but overall it's just, it's the same teams. Uh, The ACC, the only thing that's different is Florida State's back. They've been saying they're back since like 2014, but... (laughs) Nine years later, they're finally back. <laughs> um, For now. Yeah, I I don't think Washington is the fifth best team in the country. No, I think it's Oregon. They're, they might be undefeated. I think if they played today, Oregon would beat them. I think if they played yeah. today, I think Texas would beat them. And I think Alabama might even beat them, honestly. So it's a, uh, it's interesting. Uh, do you have any additional thoughts on the rankings or anything like that? No, no. Go, go, Bucks! I love to see it. I, like I said, I, I'm a little surprised. I, I, I've been reading it all day that everybody was projecting them number one, and I, I wasn't holding my breath. But yeah, it's, 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 it's cool to see. Oh, it's. It's great, especially because I like to bitch about it all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, just I, I, I mean, I certainly have plenty more what we we can say about you know Michigan and, and the playoffs and, and everything uh, moving forward. But it'll definitely give us some things to to carry over to the next episode because you know this was a pretty in, in depth, lengthy one. So I'll save all of my all of my thoughts for the next one and. Uh, See how this weekend shakes out. Really good games this weekend too. Like some really, really good matchups. I think what, Bama, LSU, uh, uh, I've got Washington, it. USC, Georgia, Georgia, Missouri, uh, Kansas State, Texas. You know, Kansas State's always kind of sneaky. Um, Notre Dame, Clemson. Obviously, it's not a good game, but it's it'll be interesting. So yeah, there's some some good matchups. That Bama, LSU game is going to be fun to watch. Oh. Yeah, Bama LSU. And again, I mean, LSU might drop a game or maybe Alabama gets a second loss. And that pretty much at that point, if Alabama loses and Georgia does not win the SEC, there's no SEC team in. And then you could see, then you could see two Big Ten teams, or you could see that could be a scenario where, um, where the, um, Big 12 comes into play. I do think Georgia is in a position, even though they're the number two team, they're in a position that they cannot lose. They can't afford to not win the SEC title. There's no way they get in because their schedule's too weak. Yeah. So they have to win their title. Um, I think unless, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think Oregon's going to walk right to the Pac-12 championship and win it. Um, and again, I mean, Florida State, they do have 
pretty sure they have to play Florida their last game of the year. But again, it's one of those like Florida sucks this year. So, but if you ask an SEC person, it's just they get beat up by really good SEC teams. <laughs> right. Um, we'll stick with that. So yeah, I I foresee it being Florida State. Yeah, they've got Florida. They got North Alabama. Ooh, that's a tough game. Watch out for um, that. Yep. That alert. They've got Miami U, and then Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh plays them tough, but I think Pittsburgh's also. They're always awful, sneaky. So, but they play Pittsburgh this week. Florida State cannot lose a game either. If Florida State loses a game, the ACC is out. And then I would almost say a one-loss Big Ten team is getting in. If it's Ohio State or Michigan, they're getting in over a one-loss Big 12 champion. That's my prediction. Yeah, or ACC. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think the if Florida State does not go undefeated, ACC's out, out. Um, if if Washington loses a game, and for some reason um, Oregon does not win the Pac-12, they're out. So I mean, there's a lot of scenarios, but I really the juicy scenario that I like and I want to see happen is I want to see Georgia lose a game. And I think if they lose a game, that really opens things up because you're talking about the SEC not making it. And I would not, I know every non SEC person would love that more than anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and yeah, I, I mean, if we could see Missouri. Or, or Tennessee or, uh, you know, probably those two teams are the best shot to pull an upset. I mean, I think Missouri and Tennessee can both beat Georgia. They really can. But it's one of those games where they, they need every single thing to go their way. They got to play a perfect game. They're going to need, you know, maybe a couple turnovers. Or, or, you know, they just need every single thing to, to go their way, um, you know, and, and, and they can definitely win. I mean, it's not – you know, they're not completely outmatched. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to see Georgia get upset. There's nothing that would make me – nothing that would make me happier. <laughs> oh, yeah, if an SEC team didn't get in. That's like if Alabama loses this week, they're done. No way they get in. There's there's no, no way – and at that point, like, it would be – it's Georgia's to lose, obviously, but there's uh, – and this is going to be fun. I can't wait for next week's episode with all these big games happening this week. There's going to be a lot of shifting happening in the rankings. Um, again, I do hope that Ohio State comfortably cruises. I would love for us to have like a nice 50-plus point game, get some confidence back in McCord, hopefully get him healthy, get, you know, Ameka healthy, get him going, and – trying to get as healthy as we can gearing up for that, you know, final game as we play our other remaining games. Um, but yeah, I think that is all I have. Uh, do you have any additional thoughts or anything like that? Um, no, no, we're, I think we, <laughs> we covered it. Okay. Well, to hell with Michigan and their cheating asses. Um, and- Amen.
OH. IO. Catch you on the flip side. This is the end of the episode of Drew & Co. Unplugged. <laughs>